We're open tonight for fun and so glad to see you here. Thought that would be appropriate for this particular show of Talk More Talk, a solo Beatles video cast where we talk about the solo Beatles careers. Sometimes to talk about the Beatles when there's product out to discuss like some of the deluxe sets and whatnot. And I'm Joe Mayo. You may know me from my YouTube channel, me and Mr. Mayo. And uh, we got a really good shoe for you tonight. I'm really excited about this. This is going to be a fun one, I, I predict. Uh, but before we get into all that, let me introduce my co-host. We're going to start today with uh, someone who has a long 40-year career in the Beatles. Uh, he has a syndicated radio show. You probably know him by now. It's called Every Little Thing, the show. And he has a Things We Said Today podcast on the Beatles. And also has a YouTube channel called Ken Michaels Radio. I'm talking about the man himself, Ken Michaels. Hi, Joe. Hi, everybody. Might I, might I make a little adjustment there to something you just said? Did I make a mistake? No. Well, there's no way you would have known about this. But this Friday will make 41 years since I started doing my radio years. shows. Wow. Every little thing for 41 years. 41 wow. years of every little thing. Incredible. And well, by now, by, by now you have played every little thing, I would imagine. Yeah, I'm still working on the two tracks on electronic sound, but I haven't, you know, gotten around to that yet. <laughs> well, I think that's why maybe subconsciously <laughs> this time I put you first because maybe I knew subconsciously there was something like. That I think you on. knew. I don't know how something you like knew, that. but you knew. And uh, uh, next <laughs> up, we have uh, one leg of the two legs. Paul McCartney podcast. <laughs> We're talking about that Arizona guy for now, anyway. Tom Hanyati. Hey, Tom. Hello, Joe, Kit, Ken, and uh, uh, this is going to be a fun one. You know, every once in a while, it's nice to, you know, do something fun where we can have a couple laughs or a couple arguments. Who knows how this one's going to go? Har, 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 har. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And this time, saving the best for last, I have the Sun Queen herself. Her books are. Michael Jackson, FAQ. You have Songs We Were Singing, Guided Tours Through the Beatles' Lesser Known Tracks. You have Fandom and the Beatles. You have her other podcast, The Toppermost of the Poppermost. I'm talking about Kit O'Toole. Hey, Kit. Thank you, sir. Hello, Tom. Hello, Ken. Hello, everybody out there. This is going to be a fun night tonight. I've been slaving yeah. over this list. 
<laughs> you know, it, was it wasn't hard. as hard as I thought it was going to be. It really? No. What was hard for me were the top three. That was the hard. But everything else wasn't too hard. All right. Wow. We're, what we're talking about here is we're going to be trying to rank our favorites of the 16 uh, solo number one Beatles songs. Now, there's a few things here that just want to, we want to clear up. First of all, this is just the Beatles' own solo recordings. It's not with other people. Like, for example, uh, Fame, that uh, Lennon uh, took part in with David Bowie. It's not a John Lennon record, for example, things like that. And then if, if you want to talk about this, we were talking before the show about it's tricky sometimes with like double sides and things like Ken, you were saying about an example with my sweet Lord. For yeah. Example. What, one of our uh, fans wrote to us about this uh, saying, what about, isn't it a pity because it was a double sided hit with my sweet Lord. And it gets really complicated. As you probably know, I love studying the charts and everything, but for uh, most of the rock era, the first two decades of the rock era, we had double-sided hits where both sides charted separately on their own. That was a very common thing. All the Beatles singles, or most of the Beatles singles in America, up until Come Together and Something, had chart lives of their own. They all peaked in different positions, the A side and the B side, or it could have been a double A side. A lot of Elvis Presley singles, both sides charted separately. Um, and things kind of changed when uh, Come Together and Something was released. Originally, when it first came out, uh, both sides of the single charted separately. And then Billboard started this brand new rule that you can't do that. They have to be listed together. And for that reason, and this gets kind of confusing because we talk about the Beatles One compilation a lot here. Um, which was uh, a listing of all the U.S. and U.K. number one singles. But as we discussed a few shows back, the last number one in the U.K. for the Beatles was The Ballad of John and Yoko. But here in the U.S., Come Together and Something hit number one, as did Let It Be. But how do you... It's, it's, it's confusing with Come Together and Something. Are they both number one songs? Because they didn't chart separately. They just became, in the middle of their chart run separately, a double-sided hit that went to number one for one week. And if you look them up, they both say number one. And all these years, we've been told the Beatles had 20 number one songs. Did they really have 20? They, or maybe they really had 21 number one songs, if you count both sides. Now, My Sweet Lord and It Isn't a Pity was a double-sided hit, but... Having listened to the radio back then and Top 40 radio and AM radio, I heard My Sweet Lord to death. I heard Isn't It a Pity a little bit. And FM radio, rock radio that was developing, was playing so much from All Things Must Pass. It was a double-sided hit, but I would never look at Isn't It a Pity as a number one song. If you look it up now, because both sides, it was listed as a double-sided hit, went to number one. I don't think of Isn't It a Pity as a number one song. Mm -hmm. for that reason but you know i tried to find out from uh ironically um a guy who just put out a brand new book on the charts michael ventrella he has a new book that just came out last week the beatles on the charts all group and solo albums and singles ranked by popularity and he said yeah it's very confusing he can't really explain this either i wanted to interview joel whitburn 
who was the author of several books all on the charts, everything that happened and every genre. He was a billboard fanatic and he put out all these books. I wanted to interview him recently, but then he passed away. So I would love to get an answer on how to explain all that. But I think most people, you know, if you followed the singles, if you listen to the radio, you heard My Sweet Lord constantly. Isn't it a pity? Got some airplay. I'm no denying that, but I would never call that a number one record. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So when the double inside goes out and it becomes a number one, like say, like with you know, My Sweet Lord, it isn't automatic that the second A side isn't a pity is also going to be a number one. Is pretty much what well, it could be listed as number one, but it okay. may not deserve it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Mark uh, Zuckoff also said, mentioned, well, we we snuck in songs with Paul and Stevie Wonder and Paul and Michael Jackson. Well, but but um, no, 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 unlike no. fame, you know, fame, it was not David Bowie and John Lennon. It wasn't listed snuck in. like that. No, it's snuck no. In. those are on Paul McCartney, Paul McCartney records, not Paul McCartney, Michael Jackson albums or Paul McCartney albums. Mm -hmm. If the yeah. name Paul McCartney is on the record, it's a Paul McCartney record. Right. Right. Now, this yeah, is all a matter of technicality. The fame could have been listed as David Bowie and John Lennon, but it yeah, wasn't. But it wasn't. It only went out as David Bowie. Yeah. Um, so and look, Ebony and Ivory, Say, 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 they were on Paul's albums. They were yeah. released as singles from Paul's albums. Those are Paul McCartney records. Yeah. You know? Mm hmm. Absolutely, well, they both were. I, yep. So I said it was going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be a fun show. <laughs> so just some clarifications. And these are these are U.S. number ones. U.S. Yeah. only. We're talking about U.S. number ones. We, All right. Uh, so we could we could have added two more songs if we went with the U.K. We could have added "Pipes of Peace" and "Mull of Kintyre." I'll yeah. get I'll get back to you sometime, Tom, on that "Pipes of Peace" yeah. thing. I've been listening to two legs <laughs> lately with you, you and Andy. What was it? Pipes of Peace over what? What was the other one? So anyway, we'll watch, talk about that later. Watch Two Legs and you'll, you'll see what, uh, the, when the March Madness uh, thing, which I know nothing about basketball. I would have been lost with this bracket stuff and everything. <laughs> Just give me two songs and compare them. Which one is better than the other? I don't know about brackets and levels and things. But anyway, um, listen, Ken, do you have any news for us this week? Yes, I do, Joe. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's a silly question, but <laughs> hey, sometimes I'm bombarded with a lot. There isn't too much, but we'll get to it right now. We start off actually with the very sad news on the passing of drummer Jim Gordon. In the early part of his career, he was part of the elite group of studio musicians known as the Wrecking Crew. And he became a member of Joe Cocker's Mad Dogs and Englishman Tour, as well as with Delaney and Bonnie and Friends. And he joined Eric Clapton in Derek and the Dominoes, where they formed at the time of George Harrison's classic album, All Things Must Pass, and played on the Apple Jam album. He's credited as co-writer with Clapton for the song Layla, and is said to have written the piano-driven instrumental second half of the song although this has been disputed with two members of the group saying it was actually written by rita coolidge gordon's girlfriend at the time gordon also played on george's recording of try some buy some on drums and tambourine and on george's recording of you unfortunately jim had a history of mental illness 
And in June of 1983, he bludgeoned and stabbed his 72-year-old mother to death, claiming that voices told him to do so. He was diagnosed as having schizophrenia, and he was sentenced to 16 years to life in prison and was denied parole multiple times. Jim Gordon died from natural causes at a California medical facility in Vacaville, California, after a long incarceration and battling mental illness. Mm. He was 77. Mm. Also from Yahoo, we learned that Shout Studios has acquired the North American rights to the music documentary Revival 69, the concert that rocked the world concerning the historic Live Peace in Toronto show that featured John Lennon and the Plastic Ono Band, directed by Ron Chapman, where it just had its U.S. premiere at the South by Southwest Festival in Austin, Texas. The documentary tells the story of the, quote, remarkable behind-the-scenes story of how a little-known but life-altering music festival came together against all odds. Young, scrappy concert promoter John Brower puts his life on the line literally to turn his failing Toronto rock and roll revival into a one-day event. The festival united rock legends like Chuck Berry, Little Richard, Jerry Lee Lewis, Bo Diddley, and Gene Vincent with the Doors, who were, they say here, the biggest band in the world. I think that's debatable. But um, it was the 11th hour arrival of John Lennon and the Plastic Ono Band that ignited a truly seminal moment for the 20,000 fans at Toronto's Varsity Stadium. The film will feature rare behind-the-scenes material, as well as unreleased concert footage shot by D.A. Pennebaker, who also directed the landmark Monterey Pop Festival. There are also fresh new interviews with Alice Cooper, Robbie Krieger of The Doors, Alan White. Geddy Lee, and uh, Danny Seraphine from Chicago, and Klaus Vorman. No information yet about a theatrical or DVD Blu-ray release. Sounds very promising there. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I hope there'll be information soon. It's, this sounds great. Yeah. I'd like to see it in the theaters. I'm enjoying more and more of all these events that we see for maybe just one day in the theaters. Um, also, this past week, there was a very special event at Carnegie Hall, the music of Paul McCartney, various artists all performing his music, people like Peter Asher and Denny Lane and Christopher Cross. And Tom, I know that on Two Legs, you had an yeah. interview with uh, a woman who was there for the concert. Yeah. Yeah. Her name is Joan Borelli. And uh, uh, fans of Two Legs might remember her. She was on, um, she did a review of the first show of the tour last year of Paul's uh, tour. And so she came back on. She was fortunate enough to get tickets to go. Other people we know, like Tom Frangione and Mark Lapidus, was there as well. Uh, and she told us that she told us she had a great time. And um, she's not the biggest fan of covers, but uh, she had a great time nonetheless. It's uh, it was a it was a uh, interesting um, interesting um, crew of, of musicians here. You know, with you got you know people like Bruce Hornsby, Graham Nash, Patti Smith. Mm. did a really interesting rendition of she's leaving home and she told us about this um you know in the song you know that she you know we, we we know that the the woman that leaves leaves a note and she at the end of the doing the the song then she read what the note would have you know would have you know 
said to her, you know, so it was kind of interesting, you know, how she, you know, she left off and, you know, she left and she became successful and, you know, she didn't feel like she was being held back anymore. So she was able to live her life, you know, so she kind of interpreted in her mind, you know, what that note would have said to her parents. So that was, that was kind of interesting, but, um, you know, heard a few things, you know, Graham Nash doing for no one was, was really beautiful. Graham Nash still has a wonderful voice in my, my opinion. Um, you know, we've got people like Christopher Cross who does these Beatles, these, these tours doing Beatles albums, right? Ken, you've seen a couple of them. Yeah. He's so, he tends to always do the McCartney songs right. whenever I see him. <laughs> He sounds yeah, great doing that. Yeah. yeah, he did Mother Nature's Son on this one. And, uh, you know, Lyle Lovett uh, was there as well. Um, Denny Lane doing uh, Band on the Run with the help of uh, Nancy Wilson and Christopher Cross. So it seemed like it was a really good time. Wish I could have gone. And, um, you know, it was for charity, you know, so um, it looked like it was a good time. All right. Very good. Okay, um, I'm told that the super deluxe edition of the Blu-ray audio for the concert for George, sold as a limited edition, is now being shipped out. Also on our last show, we learned that George Harrison's Dark Horse Records acquired the back catalog, 16 albums from Leon Russell. And one of those albums was just released. Leon's 2001 album, Signature Songs, he revisited his most classic compositions and stark piano and voice renditions. And the new reissue, which sports new cover art, uh, premieres on vinyl, and it will also be sold on CD and in digital formats. The first of two books on Mal Evans, written by Ken Womack, Living the Beatles Legend, The Untold Story of Mal Evans, will officially be published on November 14th from Day Street Books. So the release date was pushed back from Father's Day and now it's November the 14th. Also some news about Peter Asher, who was just there at that uh, Paul McCartney tribute show. He'll be reunited once again with Jeremy Clyde for a concert at the Kate in Old Saybrook, Connecticut on a date that's very easy to remember, June 18th. Also, speaking of Peter Asher, he just produced a new album for Susanna Hoffs of the Bangles called The Deep End. It's an album of all covers, a mixture of classic rock songs like The Rolling Stones, Under My Thumb, Denny Lane's Say You Don't Mind, and Squeeze's Black Coffee in Bed, with more current artists to add to it, like uh, Billie Eilish, Ed Sheeran, and Brandi Clark. Special thanks to Tom Brennan, the progressive rock band Tomorrow that featured Yes guitarist Steve Howe and also Keith West, will have their 1968 self-titled and only album remastered and reimagined as Permanent Dream coming out in April. It'll be released on vinyl and CD, and it includes their cover of Strawberry Fields Forever. All right, and need I remind everybody that this Wednesday is a special anniversary as it marks the 60th anniversary of the Beatles' first album, Please Please Me. 60. All right. Wow. That's all. <laughs> That's only 60 Isn't that years. Oh, yeah. 60 years. I meant 60 years, not the news. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's what I thought That's you all. meant. <laughs> well, uh, we have something. We're going to be talking about the Fest for Beatles fans uh, later on. So please stick around. And near the end of the show, we'll, we'll talk about the Fest for Beatles fans. That's going to be coming up at the end of the month. All right. So here we go. 
All right, so let's start our topic here. We got 16 number one solo songs. We try to take them, rank them. These are favorites. I want to emphasize that. I'm pretty sure we're all in agreement. We're, we're ranking our fav- personal favorites each. Um, because I know for me, there were times when I was like, hmm, I don't know, this song is technically better than that song. But no, I, I prefer the other song more than the technically more proficient one. So I'm going by favorites, and I assume my, my co-hosts are as well. And the way I would handle this is I'm thinking I'm going to go five at a time, like five, uh, a tier of each of like the lower five, then the middle five, upper five, and then we just have one round with just the number one song. Oh, so we'll do okay. five, five, okay. five, and one if you're playing at home. Five, five, <laughs> five, and then one. Save your number okay. one for last. All right. <clears throat> Boy, here we go, oh, baby. Should we, uh, real quick, just say the 16 songs, just in case somebody and nobody uh, knows? Me... Well, wait a minute. I, if you have them, in, I have... I have them in the order. I don't have them in chronological um, order. I have them in ranking order. If you want to, yeah. Do I, I actually I have them. Let me see. I think I have them in the original order that I posted okay. them. So let me see. Okay, I can I can re- I can read them off if you guys want. Yeah, this should be prepared right in, in advance, my friends. Yeah. All right. Yes. <laughs> so so yes, we we posted them ahead of time so you guys can play along. And I know some of you have been posting and saying, "I've got my list. I've been working on it." So <laughs> in case in case uh, you haven't, so here are here's the list in no particular order. Okay, my sweet lord, George Harrison. Uncle Albert, Admiral Halsey, Paul, and Linda McCartney. My Love, Paul McCartney and Wings. Give Me Love, Give Me Peace on Earth, George Harrison. Photograph, Ringo Starr. Your 16, Ringo Starr. Band on the Run, Paul McCartney and Wings. Listen to What the Man Said, Wings. Whatever Gets You Through the Night, John Lennon. Silly Love Songs, Wings. With a Little Luck, Wings, coming up, of course, live, Paul McCartney, Just Like Starting Over, John Lennon, Ebony and Ivory, Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder, Say, 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 Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson, and Got My Mind Set on You, George Harrison. So that's 16. All right, folks. Actually, that wasn't in perfect chronological order, though. But <laughs> no, it was not. No, no. It was, that's what I saying. Completely okay. random order. Okay. Yeah. Completely yeah. random order. No, it was. It was. It was close. Yep. Very close. <laughs> but I mean, whatever gets you through the night came before. Listen to what the man said. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm pulling my thumbs. I'm making sure everybody's done. Are we done? Are we ready? Can I announce it? Sing the Jeopardy. All right, folks. I hope I hope you're playing along, and I hope you have a, a list so you so you can uh, work at it. Mm-hmm. All right. This time, I think I'll start with. I know who I want to start with. I got it all planned, but the people out there, you don't know. None of the three know who's going to go first, and that first person is Tom. And I'm pointing. I'm, I'm seeing a different screen on mine. I, by the way, I'm pointing up. There's nobody, nobody on top of me on my screen, but on this screen here right. on the phone, I I can see what it is. Okay. So. Fair enough. Tom, so my 
my bottom five and this again this is my list this is just the way i feel right now <laughs> i just want to make that clear okay if you've got these songs that. higher that's great i uh, i'm all for it these songs are all these songs are excellent but here we go something's got to yeah. be on the bottom or you know these songs have to be on the bottom five for me and number 16 okay is unfortunately uh got my mind set on you Okay, um, I again loved that song when it first came out. Um, but I just over the last uh 25 30 years or so, it's just you know, unfortunately, it's it's still good. It's just you know, I, plus you got to give them credit for taking the cover to number one, <laughs> you know, it's mm -hmm. you know, especially during those days. Okay, um, 15, um, you know, again, very popular at the time, but. It's just unfortunately not a favorite of mine anymore, and that's Aberdeen and Ivory. Um, you know, love singing it back then, but not so much anymore, unfortunately. Um, 14, um, again, another cover, Your 16, uh, Ringo Starr. And uh, again, it's a good, it's a good track, and um, Ringo does it well. Uh, it just doesn't, you know, do much for me these days, unfortunately. Um, what we got, uh, 16, 13, um, you know, <laughs> uh, hopefully no one hate, her, her, hates me for this. <laughs> but, uh, I'm, I'm this, getting my tomatoes uh, ready, Tom. Yeah, I'm right, getting no, tomatoes uh, ready for all. Yeah. Say, say, say. Um, yeah, getting again, tomatoes. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doc, yeah. throw one no, of your Tom. books at him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah throw my books at him. <laughs> uh, again. Fun, fun song, but you know, I, I, I don't want to say, I don't want to say it, it hasn't aged well because I know, you know, we don't want to, you know, it's, but it's all subjective. It's all what, you know, how we feel about these That's songs okay. right I still now. You know, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Okay, and then last for this round, and I really wish the, the studio version went to number one because I prefer the studio version. 10 times more than the live version and that's coming up wow why why do you feel that way i never heard you say that what's that i never heard you say that before you have been listening to the videos that i don't like the live version i just prefer the studio version over over the live one i just think it's more creative i, I it's more fun and uh you know i just feel like uh you know that's just, just how I feel. I mean, if I, you know, think about it more, I can tell you about it more at another time. But, um, you know, you I have to have an essay on to why yeah, you don't like to. I will do that. I will do that. And I'll have it ready by the fest. Okay. How about that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> prepare it. Prepare it. All right. But, but coming Tom, up live for... is, is, my, is my last one for this uh, segment. Some people here had, uh, Mark had, had uh, Say, Say, Say at number 16. And uh, Tom Brennan has got my mindset on you at number 16, I noticed. Mm -hmm. I'm just looking at some comments. All right. Thank you, Tom. Kit, you're up next for the bottom, okay. as I call it, five. Okay. So people are throwing virtual tomatoes in the comments, so it's my turn now. All right. <laughs> so get, them, get them ready. Um, all right. Number 16, oddly enough, is... For me, you're 16. Um, wow. <laughs> that, I mean, Ringo does a, you know, a nice job of covering it. It's fun. But to say that it hasn't aged well 
is is putting it mildly and i've just i've never liked the song to begin with i didn't like i don't like the original mm-hmm. and i i just you know i don't like it and it's even creepier sounding now oh, um <laughs> i'm sorry it's I'm just sorry. a song <laughs> i know but it's creepy. nobody thought anything about it till we i know that i know back in the day i know nobody thought anything I can't, by the way i can't, just, I- Kid, it's not you. I'm sorry. I, I just thinking in, in general. I hear these things. Not you. Yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. I know. But uh, okay, number fifteen. Um, whatever gets you through the night. I've just never been in, insane about this song. Um, I know it was a big hit. It's fun, and I did like the remix that that came out a couple of years ago um, on uh-huh. the Give Me Some Truth set. I think it improved it a lot. But it's just never been one of my favorites. Uh, it just sounds kind of, the arrangement's kind of chaotic to me. I've, I've just never been insane about it. Um, number 14, and it, it kind of kills me to do this, but Ebony and Ivory. Um, you know, I, I, I have fond memories of this song. I remember when it came out. It was so huge. I mean, it was number one for what, like eight weeks, something like that? Seven seven weeks okay one week off and uh and it was was, huge it was huge you know and i mean you know me i love me some stevie wonder you know you know me and uh but it's it's a little bit of fatigue factor um you know for me i mean it's still exquisitely produced but for the fatigue factor and yeah i mean it probably hasn't aged super well I had to put it somewhere, so that that killed me to do, but number 14. Uh, 13, this was another one that kind of killed me to do it, but listen to what the man said. I, I still like it a lot. <laughs> Watch Ken's reactions. I know, I still like it a lot, and the Tom Scott. It's hard, I know, so it's hard. It's so hard. I, I had to put it, you know, I, I just, I had others I had to put in the top 10, and this, it was close, it was close, but, and I still enjoy hearing it, but there are just some others that I put in the top 10 that I just like a little, little better, um, and number 12, and, you know, it's a, you're going to hate me for this, uh, give me love, give me peace on earth, because I, again, there's another, a couple other George songs I like better, um, and, uh, but it's a lovely song, lovely sentiment, um, you know, still enjoy hearing it, and this is not aged, at all you know it really hasn't but um there are others that i like a little better so uh so those are my my uh my first ones so Uh, astros astros jer says listen to what the man said is my favorite song of all time by anyone wow wow Wow. i mean it's a great song i mean as i said it, it it killed me they have to put it out of the top 10, but there are just some others that no. I had to get in there, you know? It was hard. Mm. Yeah. These are these these are these are generally good songs. I mean these they are all are, songs, you know. So except every one except your 16. So, <laughs> we'll get to that when I turn to. Um all right. So uh let's see, Ken, that leaves you for this round. Let's go. What are your lower tier five? Okay, you'll never hear me say the phrase hasn't aged well in any of these shows. I know. I I really hate when I hear that, but it has no relevance to how I feel about anything. But um, it's kind of ironic here, but my number 16 song is your 16. And 
unlike what you said, Joe, I find this really impossible <laughs> to do because I do like every single song here. I, know. I mean, they're all worthy of they're all worthy of being number one hits. Your 16 was executed really well. I mean, there's a lot of songs that Ringo's covered in his solo career that he does well. Your 16 is one of them. Nicky Hopkins, great piano work on there. The um the kazoo or the imitation of a kazoo from Paul McCartney. The whole arrangement was, it just worked for Ringo. And I could understand why it went to number one coming off a photograph as a single. But um, still, it's just that I like the other ones here better. And number 15 has got my mindset on you. Um, and I love the arrangement of it. Not only did he do a song that was a cover that went to number one, but it was a really obscure cover song was only an album cut. So just to remember that and to have that arrangement and really got to give a lot of credit to Jim Keltner for this because he came up with that whole drum pattern that you hear at the very beginning yeah. that drives the whole song. So um, got my mind set on you as a terrific arrangement. Was very happy that George had a number one again. Loved the few videos that he made for it, which really helped. But um, yeah, and of course, Jeff Lynn added such a spark production wise to his to his production i think that really helped but still there's always got to be the ones at the bottom and it's you know the first two ones i mentioned are the two songs that they didn't write <laughs> maybe that says something i don't know also number 14 it's coming up live at glasgow Again, I love the song. I think it works well. It's it's interesting that they're very different studio and live. That's I like the differences between the two of them. It's so quirky as a studio recording, and and that's the version that John Lennon liked a lot, you know. But there's something about a lot of Paul songs where they work really well as live songs, and I always remember saying that about songs from Band on the Run and Venus and Mars and Wings at the Speed of Sound when Paul toured during the Wings Over America tour. Some of my favorite versions of Paul's songs are live ones. And I think that, um, you know, I, there's a reason why the live version went to number one and the studio one didn't. Mm -hmm. I think maybe the public felt the same way about that particular song. Number 13, <laughs> I love it to death. Let's say, say, say. Um, Paul and Michael Jackson sounded so great together. It's a, a catchy song. I love the whole arrangement. You can't go wrong with George Martin producing Paul in any way. And the chemistry between the two of them was electric. I liked all three of the duets that they did together. And I know that there are some people who prefer if Paul didn't do duets and it was all just solo Paul and no other lead vocalist. I like collaborations. And when someone like Paul blends together so well with other singers, that only makes me admire him as a talent more. And Paul and Michael work very well together. Same thing with Stevie Wonder. Um, number 12, I'm going to put Just Like Starting Over, which, um, you know, when the, when that single came out, there was I was dancing on the ceiling, man. I was so happy to be holding the first John Lennon record in five years, and I love it. It really has that 50s feel, very melodic. Also, um, you know, if you listen to the um, the stripped down version where he's talking at the very beginning, this is for Buddy and Elvis and Roy. And it has, it's a blending of, you know, a lot of that, really. And it works together so well, very melodic, 
and um, certainly deserved to be a number one song. And it's just that all these others I like more. Can 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 I ask real quick? Do you, do you feel like this would have went to number one if if we didn't lose Lennon? Absolutely. I think I it think was it on the way to number it, one. It, that it was, the album's another story, but the single was on the way. I think he said. Yeah, I think it would have. Okay. Um, and I agree with you, Joe. You know, it was just starting to slow down album-wise right before he died. Um, but it really, the reason why the album went to number one really was because was because of his murder. But the single very likely could have been a number one record. It was climbing the charts. It was doing very well. I think it would have. Yeah, but well, but it know, was also you know number one. Before before he, he was killed? I'd have you know to check. It, I think it was like around... Uh, I think it was in the top 10, around number 10. Yeah, I, I think that, has, that has what it takes to be a number one. Yeah. You know, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's my opinion. Anyway, yeah, but the album, yeah, I don't know about that. Was, and, you know, there's so much stuff out that year. You know, other other songs, like so many good songs and good albums, you know. so You could say that about so many musical <laughs> periods, you know. Mm -hmm. No, watch my marginalizing John Lennon video. After this <laughs> what I mean. Here we go again, you know. If it wasn't for him being dead, it might not have been number one. All right, here we go. Anyway, uh, so let me go now for my bottom five uh, with no apologies. Okay, and here we go. Uh, no, no, like, bracing anybody or anything. All right, number 16, Got My Mindset on You, George Harrison. Um, it's probably my least favorite of all these uh, to begin with. But, uh, you know, I'm not just going to say, well, it's a cover, you know, because it doesn't matter. Uh, I've got cover songs higher here, you'll see, and stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's just uh, maybe I'm tired of it a little bit, too. It's funny. I, you hear Got My Mind Set on You all the time, at least I do, in supermarkets and things. That's a song that pops up from here to here right now. Sometimes I'll be going to, I hate to say, but when they pump music into the men's room and certain diners or restaurants I go to, a lot of times I hear it. What can I tell you? You know, through the whole restaurant, I guess, you know. Anyway, and I'm so glad George got a number one. With, you know, I'm so happy about that, that he got a number one at that point in his life. But it brings up the rear for me. Then number 15, I went with coming up the live version. Paul McCartney. Um, you know, when, when that was a number one, again, I was very happy. Hey, Paul's got another number one. Terrific. And at that time, you know, I really was not a big fan of the album version, you know, um, the freaky version. I really wasn't that much of a fan. So I liked the live version better at the time. Now I think I flip-flopped on that. I think like Tom, I think I prefer uh, the, the uh, album version silly one sounding one even though uh, i do like the live one and in fact i think that's a really good live song i mean sometimes when i see him perform that i really get into it uh with the you know again the horns and all i mean i sometimes if he adds that um that kind of pizzazz it has i, I just think it's a really good exciting crowd pleasing song to do live but 14 is where i placed ebony and ivory you know uh it's a good song. It's got a very nice sentiment to it. You can't argue with it. And uh, 
uh, calling for people to come together, you know, so to speak. And I think they're both great on it. Stevie Wonder, Paul McCartney do, do a great job. I don't know what it is. I think maybe it just seems for some reason it strikes me a little cornier today than it did then. I don't know what it is, but uh, it's in my last five. Mm -hmm. Number 13, I went with Say, Say, Say. Um, a song that I really enjoy also. I think Michael Jackson is fantastic with Paul on, Paul on that track. Uh, again, I love that it was a hit back then, and it was a very popular song. I love the video for it. You know, it was a very entertaining video, and it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's, it's, it's a good song. Just, you know, where I place it in favorites. And uh, now to surprise everybody here, except maybe one, uh, number 12, I put Just Like Starting Over. <laughs> ah, I fooled you. Just like <laughs> set you up for that one, didn't I? No, uh, Just Like Starting Over. Um, why? Um, let's see. I, I remember when I first heard it, it was it was magic. You know, like Ken was saying, John was back. I thought his voice sounded fantastic. I hadn't heard him in all those years. And uh seemed like a lot of years, not so much these days. But back then, it was mm -hmm. a long period to be without a song or an album. And it was so good. I, I remember thinking it was a little lightweight for him. I was kind of surprised. I mean, I'm glad, you know, a pop song could be a hit. It had hit potential. But yet I was like thinking, oh, yeah, kind of like lightweight for, for John you know, nice, catchy. I get the uh, 50s nod to it. I can hear that in there. I don't know. It's it just, uh, again, favorite-wise, uh, this this 16, that, that's about where I found it falling today. You know, maybe tomorrow will be something else. But okay. there you go, folks. We, we handled the first uh, five there without too much <laughs> problem, okay? It's just interesting. But, it's interesting how we all put Got My Mind Set on You. Yeah pretty much near the bottom for for yeah. for each of us mm, yeah okay that was that was a common thread mm. all right now we go to what i'm calling the middle five say okay mm -hmm. uh, 11 to 7 and kit i'm going to start with you for this okay all right so number 11 this is i know this will be a little controversial but this is personal you know personal choice personal favorites just out of the top 10, I ordered it Band on the Run. And I did this because it's a great song. Don't get me wrong. It's it's wonderful. But personally, I am really burned out on this song. <laughs> really, really burned out. Hmm. I mean, I've heard it so many times. I've I've been in concert on the radio. It's just it's just fatigue factor. That's that's all it is. It's a wonderful song. You know, it really is. But I just, you know, just need a little break from it. But but absolutely, it's it's a great song. I, I just need a break. Now, here's the one where I'm going to differ from you guys. Number 10, got my mind set on you. I gave it a higher ranking because it's it has a lot of wonderful memories for me. It's a great song, first of all, uh, you know, terrific cover. It's really fascinating when you hear the original, how different it is mm -hmm. uh, from the original. As you've all been mentioning, great production from Jeff Lynn. And it was just, I mean, I was a sophomore in high school when this came out. And, um, you know, it was just, uh, it was such a kind of a joyous time to hear him 
you know, come back. I was just really getting into the solo stuff at this point. And, um, and my friends, I was like trying to get my friends into the Beatles and all. And, and they were just kind of like, you know, who's this guy? Mm. <laughs> and, and, you know, and they really were getting into him. Like they just thought this is a great song. Hey, you know, this, this really, this is a guy I think I, you know, might be interested in his other songs and you know it was it was just such a, a fun time and and it was just great to hear him you know come out with new music and and this was just you know hearing that beat come in and it and it was a way that he sounded current but it, it was still George you know it's just mm. such a great way to reintroduce him um to not you know not only his his longtime fans, but newer, younger fans, you know, and I I was among them. So you know, excuse me, I've always thought that one of the two videos, mm-hmm. the video with the arcade, where the mm-hmm. young guy is trying to win the young girl a toy, with, mm-hmm. with, with George, you know, playing in the background. I always thought that had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. That it could being be. cycled around and appealing to the younger generation. That it's you know the, the catchiness of the song along with that video. I just yep. wondered about that. It could be. And also, of course, the other video with the, you know, there was so funny yeah. parts of it. I mean, you know, when he does, when he does the flip and you know, all that, so it was great. I mean, it just showed off his humor. Um, you know, just a, just a great time. Um, number oh, hold nine. On, I'm sorry. Oh. I don't mean to do this. I have to though, cause I'm going to forget. I want to get your opinions before you go to your next one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because uh, Christian D here says fatigue factor shouldn't matter. Laugh out loud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, quite frankly, I disagree. Yeah. I think it depends on what, but what depends what you, in my opinion, what you're ranking or what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. If you talk about favorites or what, how you feel at this point in time today or this year, currently, it may change in a year right. or it may have been different five years ago. Fatigue mm-hmm. factor is a very important thing. I, I guess if we're just going to discuss which are the best songs technically, right. forget all fatigue fact, then then I'd rank no, it differently. No fatigue fact, or yeah, yeah. No, we decided to go with favorites. You know how right. we personally felt about the songs, but yeah. oh yeah, if we were going strictly technical, I would obviously rank it a lot higher. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh yeah, technical, a whole different list. And and mm-hmm. I and that's why I was saying earlier we were talking uh, off off camera one time, and I, I said uh, I think people would have very similar lists, maybe the same list a lot of times. Right. If you're saying what are the best, rank them in order of what the best are, like the rule book, the, the exactly. proper way. Everybody has yeah. the same list then. Exactly. Oh, I don't think so. I think no. people have different opinions. Mm-hmm. No matter what, yeah. I always try not to let fatigue be a factor in how I rank anything. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Sorry, Kit. Go ahead. Continue, okay. Please. Uh, okay. Uh, so number, uh, let's see. So number nine. Uh, number nine, uh, just like starting over. I actually like that song a lot. I And I, uh, Ken, you were just talking about it. And I, I just always, you kind of confirm what I thought that I bet when people first heard this in 1980, you know, I was eight years old. I wasn't into the Beatles yet. So, you know, I didn't get to experience this, that I can only imagine what it felt like hearing this for the first time, uh, you know, and, and hearing them come back like this. And I just think this was a great song to come back with. It wasn't as rocky, you know, as much perhaps 
you know, rocking out as you might expect, as, mm. as Joe, you mentioned. But to me, it just sounds like it, it, you just think, oh man, you know, he's back kind of reminiscing with that 50s sound, but yet he's talking about, you know, where he is today uh, mm -hmm. with his relationship. And, and all. I just think it's a great song. Um, you know, talking, uh, introducing everybody to his new life, but kind of reminiscing uh, as well. And so I've, I've always enjoyed that song. You know, really, really great. Uh, uh, let's see, number eight, uh, Say, Say, Say. I, I'm sorry, guys. I really like this song. Also, I'm surprised it was so low for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't going to put it number one. No, no, no. Uh, it's it's just uh, again, it brings back wonderful memories, but also just a damn catchy song. I mean, come on. And as you said, Ken, their voices work so well together. Wonderful video, but more importantly, I mean, I just think it hasn't aged at all. I mean, it sounds just as good today as it did in 1983. I mean, I I think it uh, um, it has a nice combination of pop with a little you know a little r&b to it uh their voices blended so well together i still uh, still enjoy it um so uh mm -hmm. so love that and what are we going up to number seven did you say yeah yeah number yes. seven okay so one more uh with a little luck i've always enjoyed this i've, I've always liked it particularly the album version not the single version the, the oh album. yeah well this the, the 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 single does have the full-length version on it it does yeah, it? I thought just say I the, ra the radio edit. Yeah. Is that what I'm thinking? Yeah, I don't like the radio edit. Um, yeah, I like the 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 sing okay, single slash album version. Um, and uh, you know, I just uh, you know, it has that nice uh, you know, the synthesizers uh on it, but it's um you know, it's got that uh nice melody to it. Um, you know, it's just got you know, it's that catchy Paul melody you know he just knows how to write those that are so memorable that catchy chorus um you just can't get it out of your head and uh and i mean what he just damn you paul he just knows <laughs> how, <laughs> how to write them so i've always always been a personal favorite of mine um so uh, so those are my picks all righty well done well done i'm excited to hear the next next person now uh, next being ken Okay, just want everyone to know that so many of these songs you can flip flop. Yes, <laughs> it's not so obvious uh, that my number uh, ten song is so much stronger than the number eleven song. I mean, they're all winners. But yep. um, at number eleven, I put my love. My love is one of those songs. Every time I hear it being played on the radio, I gotta just sing along with it. It's just such a gorgeous melody. Paul's vocals are outstanding. Of course, you got, um, you know, Henry McCullough's incredible lead guitar solo in there. It's a perfect pop song all the way through. Um, you know, of all the the ballads that he's done that were singles, well, I still think Only Love Remains is my favorite of all the ballads, but the, of successful ballads from him, My Love is definitely probably the, the best one of them. Number one for four weeks. Um, number 10, I had to put whatever gets you through the night. There's another case of great chemistry between two people, John Lennon and Elton John. Man, I wish those two did more work together because they really sound 
so good, naturally. Um, I love how their vocals blend on the song. If you ever listen to the earlier version of Whatever Gets You Through the Night before Elton was involved, it was slower. It still had a great groove to it. But when Elton became part of the song, he really pumped it up. And it, it made it a very special song. He brought a lot of energy to it. And uh, and the sax playing, oh my God, that yeah. that really drives the song right there. Just love that song to death, you know? Um, number nine, Ebony and Ivory. Um, again, you don't get much better than Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder in my book. And when you got a really strong melodic song and the, lyric, the lyrics are simple, but they're very effective. And I love the message of the song. I like the whole arrangement of it. George Martin, again, fantastic production. Another case of, I wish Paul and Stevie did more work together. Um, they admire each other so much. It's really a crime that they never made an album together. But, yeah. uh, you know, and I love What's That You're Doing. And I can certainly understand Ebony and Ivory being the first single from Tug of War. Number one for seven weeks. That says a lot right there. And um, again, the two of them singing together. Love those two voices. That's all there is to it. They're, you know, they're two of the best in the world. Um, number eight, With a Little Luck. Great pop song. And I especially love the full version, you mm -hmm. know, and uh, I love that whole instrumental section in the middle, which adds so much. It gives a, a buildup to the last verse of the song. And Paul, in, in a higher vocal, stronger vocal towards the end, um, the, the way that the whole thing was arranged is just uh, magnificent. Another, you know, simply great pop song from Paul. Number seven, I put Give Me Love, Give Me Peace on Earth. Uh, you know, this one's another gem. It's it's not only a, a great song and a great melody and the spiritual message from George in the song, but fantastic slide guitar work, which you can say on so many of George Harrison's songs. But, um, you know, I was very happy to see that one hit number one. I think it's an absolute gem. Every time I hear it, I just think it's, you know, one of his best. And this coming from someone who loves his album cuts <laughs> so much, you know, that sometimes you get tired of the singles. Yeah. That one I never get tired of. I don't get tired of any of these, really. Um, yeah. So we're up to seven now. And that was it. So that's where we cut it stop. off. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks a lot, Ken. And Tom, you're up for the mid five. All right, the mid five, and uh, it starts off with the with the song Ken was just talking about. Give me love. The I, the my favorite part of this song is like you, Ken said. I mean that slide guitar mm. is just some of his best. Yep. Um, however, I just don't think he. Um, I, I think he could have sang it a little better. I mean, you guys might disagree with me on that, but um, I agree. Um, I, I, you know, but the slide guitar is what saves that song for me. Um, number ten, whatever gets you through the night. You know, I love the, I like the track a lot. Um, I do agree. I mean, you know, Lennon and Elton. I mean, if they would have done an album together, I'm sure it, it you know, would have sold twenty, you know, twenty billion. Uh, you know, <laughs> but. Uh, but uh, again, I like it. I, I don't think it's the, the best thing that that Lennon's done. Um, you know, I 
you got a question whether or not it would have got released as a single if, if Elton John didn't uh, come aboard on that. I mean, I don't know. Um, but uh, but it's, it's, it's a fun. I love the horns on it as, as well. I think it's great. Um, nine. Um, this is probably where I'm going to get some more tomatoes. Um, Uncle Albert Admiral Halsey. Um, I have, oh. yeah, at, at number nine. Again, I, I, it's creative. It's, it's, it's cool. I mean, it's, it's an odd number one, I think. Um, but it's cool that it went to number one. I think that's the fantastic. I mean, you weren't hearing anything like that at that point in time, I would imagine. Um, you know, you know, that's, you know, during the, the singer songwriter period of the early seventies. Um, but, but still very creative. I love how that, how it was actually what four or five different uh, bits that, that Paul's put Talking together. together. It's one that we learned in the McCartney legacy. Um, my eight choice, um, you know, I did this list when we, when we decided we were doing this, I did this list that, that night, um, just so I can, you know, kind of, you know, marinate in my brain a little bit. And I had this song lower and I, I brought it up to number eight and it's uh, just like starting over. I, you know, it's such a, I think it's a good comeback song. Um, yeah. Sure, maybe we wanted something a little bit more rockier uh, from, from John uh, from that, you know, lead off single, but I think it's got enough there to, you know, I love his singing through it. I love, uh, you know, each day we used to make a love, you know, how he kind of was like a little Elvis impersonation there, that, that second verse, I, you know, I really dig that. And uh, it's just a lot of fun. And it's, you know, no matter how many times, that, that's one of those, you know, non-fatigue songs. I can hear that over and over and not get fatigued with it. Um, and my seven, like Kit, uh, was with a little luck. Um, you know, I, I wanted to put it a little higher, but, uh, you know, unfortunately the six uh, songs I got in front of it, uh, I love. But um, yeah, I love that instrumental break. Do, 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 do. I love just- yeah, I love, love that too. I love you know, it. And then, and then his, yeah, the, those rough vocals at the end for mm. like, like you said, Ken, just uh, is, the, is the cherry on top. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the cherry on top. He really does. I mean, the video is corny, but I'm not, you know, whatever. But, uh, but the song itself is, is just, <clears throat> as they say. Yeah. Yeah. We have heard that somewhere before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's it. Well, now it's my turn, right? Okay. Thank you, Tom. Can I ask All a right. question? Yeah, yeah. By all means. What don't you like about George Harrison's vocals on Give Me Love? I just think they're a little rough, a little raspy, a little, I mean, I, I don't think they're as smooth as, as, it, as they could be or as smooth as some of the songs he sang or probably all the songs he sang on, on um, All Things Must Pass. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, you know, it, it just doesn't strike me as, 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 as his best vocals that he's done. I must make um, a note. You know. Yeah. Okay. I never had a problem with it, but that's me. <laughs> we know that going into it. Okay. Oh, stop. <laughs> I don't mind me teasing you, Eddie. All right. All right, folks. Now I'll go. Let's see now. Number 11 for me, surprise to a lot of people, I'm guessing, is whatever gets you through the night is number 11 for me. Uh, never been one of my favorite John Lennon songs. I'm with Kid on that. I mean, I still enjoy it enough, but it's not never been a personal favorite. I do like, as Kit Kit said, the newer mix that was done on "Give Me Some Truth," bringing John a little more up. And I love Elton John. You got to always got to cover these things, you know. I love Elton John. You know, yeah. he's number one for me of the '70s for my my upbringing, even more than Wings. So um, yeah, but. Uh, 
I don't know. Um, just never been one of my favorites, but it still made it to number 11. Just on this list, this is where about where it, where it goes. And, and as far as what Tom was saying about whether, would it have been, uh, you know, a single or not, I don't, can't think of anything else off Walls and Bridges that would make as good as, well, number nine, Dream, which was right. a, a single. Right. It was, a B, mm. was that a, a B-side? Or no, no or, it was, it was no. the second what, single. What you got was the B-side of number nine, Dream. Is that right? Yes. Oh, Beef Jerky. I'm all mixed up. I'm to get them right. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Not one catch you through the night was was either beef jerky or surprise surprise i think i don't think surprise and surprise. Oh, i think number nine dream at? was what you got <laughs> mm -hmm. going. i think uh what you got for number nine dream okay and uh beef jerky for whatever gets you through the night okay. all right there you go but anyway i think it was the most commercial other than number number nine dream was probably the number one choice i think for me but uh to put but uh whatever gets through the night was a single good single choice i always say this every time it comes up but i this is just me i don't think i would know necessarily that it was elton john singing with him uh, i you know maybe if i didn't wasn't told or that's just me but and it's definitely just me i guarantee you on that one <laughs> but i think i would have right. known without being told at the time <laughs> I mean, the voices, you know, it's not well mixed. It's not, it, it, to me, it's never been well mixed anyway. Well, at least for John's sake, it never was. Never. Now it is. <laughs> but uh, got to have it's John up great. front on the John Lennon. John Lennon record has to be John Lennon up front, I think. Now, this, this song, next one, made it all the way to number 10. You're 16. And the reason that I, I, I put it so relatively, I guess, high, you know, is is because... I think Ken was describing my feelings on it pretty good. It's just a good, I think, I, in my opinion, good single. I think it's a good rendition. I like it much better than the original. And I don't say that about every single cover, but uh, I, I like it better than if it comes on corny though it may be, or you know, not not proper these days or whatnot. I still get a kick out of hearing it, and everybody else that plays along on it and Paul's kazooie thing that he does and everything, everything about it, I kind of enjoy. And Ringo is in his element with it. You know, it's very Ringo. You know, it fits Ringo very well. I love the arrangement and everything. All right. Number nine, I put My Love. You know, I think My Love gets uh, shots at, taken at a lot of people these days. I don't know. I just think it's a really good song, a good pop song, good commercial song. And I also think that uh, it's underrated in the sense that a lot of fans put it down and, and said, you know, and I keep thinking because like maybe the whoa, whoa, whoa's and all of that kind of thing. But <laughs> Paul's always done things kind of like that. And to me, it could, it, it, it might have fit as a Beatles song, you, you know, too, if you want to go there. I don't see that it's that different from anything he would have done. Mm -hmm. um, number eight may be a shocker for some. I put Band on the Run at number eight and it's get ready for this, Christian. Mostly fatigue factor. I mean, I'm just, I, yeah, I'm with Kid on there. I, man, and you know, you could really, oh boy, gently, gently tarnish a song's power if you keep playing it. And I keep thinking of songs like by Tom Petty, like Free Fallen or something. How much, 
when I first heard that album, Full Moon Fever, how much I love Running Down a Dream and Free Fallen. And it was like, I still like the songs, but, you know, when they were like the Hotel California Syndrome. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they just play it a lot or one of these nights or something. And it's, it's still a good song, but it, somehow it makes you feel like, oh, this again, which I. Yeah. Band on the Run is probably. Well, close to the best song on here in a technical way, if I was going to pick, like, what's the best song? Hmm. But I have another contender for that uh, for later on. So that's number eight. And then uh, number seven, I close here with George Harrison's Give Me Love, Give Me Peace on Earth. I love that song. I like the spiritual message. I love the slide guitar. I like George's voice in the song. You know, I would say that uh, I don't think, in my opinion, and maybe you'll agree, it's arguable. George didn't have the best voice as far as the Beatles were concerned. I mean, not like Paul or John, maybe. Um, but and I, I like where his voice was at when he did Cloud Nine. I think that was at yeah. its best that, that album. And it's a little kind of like that whiny thing, you know, that he does here and there. But I, I'm okay with it. I think it, and I think it suits the song. It just fits. It, it works mm. for me in that song. I, everything about that song work, works for me. I'm kind of feeling like maybe I should have even had it up higher, you know, because I really like it that much. But okay. That's it. All right. Right. Ta-da. All right. Now we're Getting over. closer. Open that's what that's what the man said. <laughs> 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 Listen to what he said. All right. <laughs> now we're gonna go six five four three two, and we're gonna leave one out until the end. I got to make sure because the way my list is here, I don't want to say my first one. But uh, stop me at two, will you, when I get there, because I yeah. say number one. <laughs> I'm crossing. I'm making a dark line. <laughs> this is serious right. business. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, Ken, let's start with you for the upper five at number six. All right. Kind of interesting here, since I've written down everybody's choices, is that we're going to be very similar in our top six. <laughs> Not exactly with everybody, but it's kind of uh, it's, it's kind of ironic here. But um, I will start number six with, listen to what the man said, which I've always loved from the get-go. First listen, great melody, great hook, everything you could ever want in a top 40 hit. <laughs> and the first time I heard it, and again, kind of like whatever gets you through the night, the sax part is so important. What Tom yeah. Scott played, the solo in there, and um, you know that hook. Da, 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 da. I love the way the song ends when it slows down, and you got the strings on there too. And I love all the lush harmonies with uh, Linda and Denny in there. Um, it's everything you'd ever want as far as a song with great hooks, tailor made. As soon as you hear it from the get go, it's a hit record. Um, it's a perfect pop song. That's all there is to it. Number five, I put Uncle Albert Admiral Halsey, which is a song that I really, I always loved it, but I, I look at it as being such a masterpiece. And we've talked about this so many times here on this show, how Paul has this knack of stringing together all these shortened songs, putting them together all as one, and it all flow, flows together like he wrote it that way in the first place. Mm-hmm. It all sounds so effortless. The vocals on here are just absolutely amazing. You know, the, the chorus, hands across the water, all that stuff. It's, it's, it's really a masterpiece. 
of a song. And just like you can talk about medleys that he's done, like Red Rose Speedway or um, songs on Abbey Road, that kind of thing. He just has that knack for putting together, you know, these bits <laughs> where it just sounds like it's all one song from the very beginning. And uh, it's absolutely brilliant. Love the whole trumpet bit. Everything about it. It's uh, It really is just, yeah, it's a masterpiece. No doubt about it. Number four song is Silly Love Songs. What did I just say about all these different <laughs> sections and songs? And it goes on simultaneously, how they sing these, so these parts of the songs together. Um, I always love the whole brass bit. Da, 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 da. Um, and, you know, I love the statement in there of what Paul was saying, since people were making fun of him for writing Silly Love Songs. And... Here he goes again, and he has not only a number one hit, but the number one song of 1976. And, um, you know, great vocals, great harmonies. It's it's all the elements that I love the most. Melodies, lyrics are important, although I've always been more a melody person. Great vocals, great harmonies, great arrangement. Everything you put, you put all that together, you know, Paul was certainly on a roll with hits in the 70s. Number three, I put Ben on the Run. Again, another song there with all these different sections bridged together. Um, and, you know, um, I haven't really gotten tired of it, surprisingly. I just wish that there were other songs from that era that would get similar airplay. Like I think Venus and Mars yeah. Rock Show deserves it. Yes. You know, for sure. Just as much as Ben on the Run does. But for some reason, that song has endured and rock radio is still playing it quite often. It's still his most successful album to date um, in terms of where it charted being number one, although he had many number one albums, but staying on the charts for a couple of years. And um, it's brilliant. Everything about it is. And number two, My Sweet Lord. Um mm. I know what number one is. <laughs> well, you can, you can, you can I'll figure say it. out this that. But My Sweet yeah. Lord is such a great song. Yep. I mean, it, even though we could see George developing into a greater and greater songwriter uh, towards the end of the Beatles, he just burst on the scene with All Things Must Pass. And My Sweet Lord, despite the lawsuit with He's So Fine, which, you know, when I heard My Sweet Lord, I never associated the two together. I can Not understand I can understand well, the similarities, <laughs> but there's so many things that are different about both songs. And yeah. the hook in there, that 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 and the slide guitar part and the wall of sound and all those incredible harmonies from the George O'Hara singers, which is supposed to be all George. Um <laughs> right. it's it's so brilliant. I mean, it's not just even though I think the song is far more important than the production, the production on My Sweet Lord is outstanding. You know, it's um, and don't get me wrong, I love hearing him live in, in the concert for Bangladesh doing it, um, live in Japan, but nothing beats the sound of My Sweet Lord in the studio. Agreed. Doing it. It's it's uh masterpiece again, masterful. Yeah. Everything about it. You put all those elements together. Phil Spector was the ideal producer at that time for George Harrison. He, you know, the songs are great. I'd love those songs even without Phil Spector, 
but Phil Spector made the whole record better right. with all that he added to it. And I could say that about so many of the songs on All Things Must Pass. Um, it, there's no way, if I ever hear My Sweet Lord on the radio, I just got to stop what I'm doing and not only sing along with it, but just soak it all in because it's a great experience. It is uh, yeah, me just too. a great song. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, I, I, it's one of those songs. Yeah, that's interesting too. Like a good topic sometime. Like I don't know, maybe songs that, that you when you hear it on the radio, it's still fresh and you still like it. As, as much as you say, and we say, oh, we hear this so much, whatever it might be on the radio, and we're maybe getting a little bit of tired of it, fatigue. Mm. There are other songs like that one, you know, that I, 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 always, I can always hear it. There's songs like that too. Like it never mm. gets, I never gets tired to me. Yeah, but. All right, Ken. All right, thank you very much. And now we're going to move to Tom. Tom, for your we'll call upper five. Okay, um, number six. If if he wasn't a Beatle, this is what I I think the headline would be when that unfortunate day comes. You know, Paul Band on the Run. You know, passes. You know, um, I think this is, this is arguably his greatest achievement in in a, in a single I, I i just think this is fantastic the work that you know him denny linda and then you know um jeff emmerich you know put into this song i think it's just you know it's top notch but yeah unfortunately there is that fatigue factor unfortunately because this is a masterful song i mean every every bit about it is just perfect um, you know, I'm sure Denny Sywell will disagree about the drumming, you know, but, um, you know, it's but, amazing uh, that Paul, pull, he pulled off with that. It's oh, amazing. absolutely. Right. Right. But I, I mean, it's, it's just a perfect song and, you know, it's just unfortunate that, that, that sometimes that fatigue factor does, you know, sink in, but I, i truly understand how important this song and album, uh, you know, was for his career. Uh, there you go. <laughs> I had to do that. Um, five. Um, Ken said it perfect, perfect pop song, and it's listen to what the man said. This is, I, you know, no matter how simple this song, I don't care how simple this song is. You know, I just love the love is fine for all we know, for all we know, our love will grow. You know, the, yeah, the, the, the musically, music wise, it's, it's perfect. And yeah, the, the verses are really simple, but it's catchy. You know, Soldier Boy Kisses Girl leaves behind a tragic, I mean, it's just so simple, but, but perfect. And everything flows to the song. His vocals, I, you know, I think again are top notch. Again, you know, Ken, you, you you talked about the live aspect of it and how sometimes the live, you know, uh, dis, our, our renditions are better than the studio. I might agree with that on this case. Uh, I love the live version of this one too. I love when he goes, whoa, you know, the woes, you know, and you know when he does it, you know, and that during that '76 tour, I, I just thought that was really good. Huh. Or um, again, I think is another perfect Paul you know, ballad, and it's my love. Uh, I, I'll take the whoa, whoa, woes all day long. Yeah. <laughs> so will I. Unapologetically as well, like Joe said earlier. <laughs> yeah. uh, I have no problem with that. The Henry McCullough, you know, solo, uh, fantastic. Uh, the vocals. Um, I'm glad he kind of changed it from when they were doing it in those early Wings tours when Linda was, you know, repeating my love after Paul would say my love. I don't know if anybody out there has heard that, but go uh, check that out, those early Wings tours, because he was doing that during the Wings over uh, the, the first tour in 72, the Wings over Europe, I, Europe, I believe it was. 
um, and he was doing it. I mean, all these songs he was doing, nobody knew what they were. You know, he was doing all these new songs, and uh, My Love was one of them. And you had to wait a year before you actually got it on an album. Um, okay. Three, uh, Photograph. Um, just, you know, the whole, the t everything that went into this song. Um, Ringo's vocals are fantastic. Um, you know, the, the instrumentation, uh, the arrangement, whatever. I mean, everything is perfect on the song. This might be his greatest uh, song period, uh, in my, in my opinion. Um, I don't think it gets any better than photograph for me, uh, when it comes to, um, Ringo Starr. Um, number two, you know, I'm not a spiritual person. I'm not a religious person, but when I hear my sweet Lord, I, you know, it just, it just takes, takes me away to a, you know, to a, to, you know, somewhere else. Um, like Ken, just stop what you're doing. It's 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 an event. So when you listen to the song, the mm -hmm. opening, you know, acoustic riff, then you're going into the slide guitar, you know, into that, and then into the to, to the vocals, the build up, the the drumming build up. When when that comes in halfway mm -hmm. through the song, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, oh man, it's it's you're changing again, my mind. You're changing my mind yeah. on some of these. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, Again, it's 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 a perfect and real learning that, that that all those backing vocals are George just overdub, overdub, overdub of, of just George just blew my mind. You know, it, it, it's just wow. Imagine you know? all the work he put into that. Yeah, yeah. And, and and you hear it, you hear it in that song, you hear all the work. Um, and it's it's perfect. So uh number two, my sweet lord. Wow. Ah, I don't know. I'm looking. I'm wondering about my list, but then again, I got to remember. That. <laughs> Can't change. I'm not going to change it. I'm going to keep what I have. All right, uh, Kit, you're up now for your oh. upper five. Okay. Well, some of them have been mentioned, uh, but uh, number six is a uh, photograph. I I think I agree with you, Tom. This is one of uh, Ringo's best. Uh, just a great, you know, just a great sort of pop rock song you know clever lyrics great arrangement Ringo sounds fantastic here I mean this just you know suits his voice perfectly um you know just an all-around I mean no matter who's singing it you know that, right. that it, it's not just that Ringo's singing it it's just a great song you mm. know it's, it's just hit written all over it um number five you know it's it's gotten a lot of love, so I'll add to it. My love, one of my all-time favorite Paul ballads. I mean, it's it's just beautiful. I love someone in the comments mentioned earlier that there it used to drive his mother crazy because my love does it good. The grammar, but yes, yeah. it had incorrect grammar, but that's okay because it was just. A, <laughs> I just I just thought that was hilarious. Um, but uh, but beautiful song, yeah. The whoa woes, you know didn't bother me at all and um yeah and, and the the uh the guitar solo the henry mccullough guitar solo yeah. jimmy mccullough did a great job too oh. on that uh, solo on tour um just one of paul's best i i think and and such a heartfelt vocal as well uh number four i'm i'm gonna give this song some love coming up i like i wow, love coming good. up and yeah. and and I've got, I'm with you, Ken. I like the live version better. The, the studio's good too. The studio's good too, but I, I do love the live version. I think it's just got such energy to it. Um, 
And you know how I feel about horns, folks. I love the <laughs> horns. <laughs> Like you gotta gotta have the horns and uh yep. and and that's that is one of the songs that when he does it in concert i i don't get tired of it because yeah, it just, uh, that song is meant to be done live and it it always goes yes. over always um number three silly love songs just what you were saying ken um and also boy did paul get his revenge didn't he with this song <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's beautiful I mean, what revenge, but, but it's just a, you know, great. So just, again, Paul knows how to write those hooks. And also how about that bass line? That's mm. some of Paul's best bass playing on that. I mean, the right. bass is just crucial. And again, got those horns, as you were mentioning, uh, just mm. a classic, classic song. And uh, number two, um, this is a song that really has grown on me over the years. Uh, Uncle Albert Admiral Halsey. I remember oh. the first time I heard this, you know, when I was really getting into the soul years, I thought, what the hell is this? What is this about? <laughs> you know, I just thought it was so weird, you know. But as I've gotten older and wiser, I've realized, um, yeah, it, it, you're, you're right, uh, Ken, it's a masterpiece. I mean, it is just so creative. Um, and, you know, it's funny. Uh, it's, um, it, it's just technically brilliant. Uh, it's kind of interesting that it was a number one because it is so different uh, and it is so unusual. I mean, it di didn't sound like anything on the radio back then. Doesn't sound like anything on the radio now, uh, but uh, but so it's just true. so well done. Yeah, you know, it, it really is, and uh, and it's just a, you know one of those songs that as soon as I hear it come on, I've got to listen to it. Oh, it's it's, a, it's like a story that, that <laughs> takes you on. I love yep. it. Especially yep. if you catch it from the get from the opening. Yeah, <laughs> right at the beginning. Exactly. <laughs> uh, thank you, Kit. I tell you, wow. Uh, yeah, it's my turn, but I'm thinking. I'm looking at my list. I'm thinking, wow. No, no. No, I'm not changing it. I'm not changing it. I'm not going to change. No it. cheating. I'm doing it just the way I have it. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> for number six, I went with with a little luck. And one of the things that, that's going to wind up being a common here, I think, for a lot of these for me, I'm going to tell you from the beginning, has to do with sentimental songs and growing up and stuff like that. A, a big factor in my favorites here. I just love with a little luck, we were, you know, where I was at at the time when it came out. I, I remember it in the summer. I don't know if it was it came out in the summer, but I remember it in, in the summer when I really liked it. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember now <laughs> exactly, but spring, I asked the spring to summer. It, ha it has to do. We went. I we used to go to this uh, the Jersey Shore, and you know, and they always tell the stories. I'm sorry, some of them people are sick of it. And it was. And we used to go and, on the boardwalk and play the games and everything. And that, I just, I mean, you all explained the, these songs already so well. That's one of the good things this time about going last is that you said it all already. I don't know what else there is to say. No, I love it. It's a good pop song. Paul knows how to write him. He was still doing it with Gusto back in '78. You know, I love it. So anyway, number six. Then number five. Yeah, I actually now it was hard. It really was hard to do the top five. I'm sure for for all of you, but how this wound up at number five, I don't know. But uh, instead of instead of better, even. But that's where I put my sweet lord. I mean, because uh, mm. I'm trying to do again by like favorites. You know what what I like the most right now, these days. I mean, I love my sweet lord. It was you guys said it so well everything about it. if it's on the radio again especially from the beginning 
catch it right as it's starting. Oh, yes, according to my sweet lord, crank it up. Not a problem. The changes in the song, uh, the drums kicking in and everything. Uh, I just, I, I, I love it. George's, uh, the harmonies that he does for himself, the chants and everything. It is, it's a great record. It's The production is, is perfect. Uh, I agree. Uh, to me, the record is, is, is more splendid than any other version, even though other versions live may be good. You know, I love hearing Billy Preston doing it, a concert for George, mm-hmm. but oh, yeah. and so forth. But boy, though, the record, I love the record, oh, my sweet Lord. And, and this is the first one that I think I had as a child. I mean, I know I had it, I don't think. Um, I had the, the 45 on the Apple. And uh, I forget, I might have purchased it myself. I'd be only like eight years old and something like that. It's one of the first singles I remember buying. Yeah, my sweet lord. Hmm. Number five. And then four, and this made it a little higher for me, I think. Listen to what the man said, which is becoming like one of my all-time favorite McCartney songs. It's Wings, but, you know, Paul. Um, and it, again, anytime, anytime, any day that I, it comes on, <laughs> I love it. I get that on the radio. They're all in common, these radio songs. Oh, great. Here it is. Listen to what the man said crank it up i have a story that i tell sometimes now tell me that that was i don't know exactly was this on wingspan it included on that yes okay good then i got my story accurate sometimes you get the time and place things different but i remember i think it it wasn't on wings greatest no no i I know that i know that that was the only flaw with that yeah but on wingspan around that time one of the last i guess the last days of tower records I was in a Tower Records store, and Wingspan just came out, I guess it was, and that was cranking on the store system. And I, and I always loved it, but boy, I never liked the song more than that time when I was browsing the records and hearing that on the system they had throughout the whole store. It was loud. And it's the first time I really heard Paul going along with it. You know, he's like doing it himself. And I thought, but this is this is this a clean mix where you hear Paul like going along with it. But no, he he always did that. But I don't think I really recognized that he was kind of like, you know, musing along with it or humming along with it and whatnot. And I really loved it. That's such a, a great pop song. Linda, I love Linda's soothing voice when she comes in. I love Linda on the Wings songs. Always said she was such an asset. Her voice and the harmonies, part of Wings sound, mm-hmm. and it, it's really great there. Now, I have three and two. Well, the, we're not going to do, I'm not doing one yet, but no, no, the top three no. were in, in, near impossible. I won't slip up. Remind me. <laughs> but I, I couldn't think of the order of these, these, these three, because I'm like, I, I, I'll go into it. Photograph, <laughs> I picked at number three. It was nearly number one at one point. And I'm thinking, well, I don't know. It will blow everybody away to have a Ringo song at number one. Is that really? I think that might be the best song. If we're going to talk about what's the best song on this list, I might say Photograph, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. But there's so many fine songs. But for favorites, I think I made it number three. I mean, again, I bought that. definitely bought the single with him, the picture sleeve in 73. Yeah, I bought the 45. That's when I was really starting to get the stuff. Didn't think of them so much as like, well, I got to complete the collection or anything like that. It was just the the radio. It was the new song by Ringo from the Beatles. Oh, yeah. Ringo from the Beatles got a great song. 
and you bought it with that great picture of him with his starlight in the star with the yeah. aluminum <laughs> foil on there. That. Oh, yeah. What a great song. What great memories. 73, what a great year, and so forth. Um, yeah, yep. great memories. <laughs> it's, it's so well recorded. It's just sure right. So, do you think, well, Ken has, well, somebody hasn't talked about it, <laughs> but I'm sorry. <laughs> But it's recorded so right, I think. You know, usually I don't like when they take a voice and put it too far in the back or something, but Ringo's just right on there, yeah. I think, to me. I love the recording of it, production of it. All right, now here's number two. I didn't know what order to put these in. Really had a hard time. But this song was going to be number one for the longest time until I finally came to do the show and just before I changed it, all right? Silly Love Songs was almost going to be number one for people. And people would say, how in the world is Silly Love Songs number one of all these songs to you? Well, it's two now. As I settled on it, I said, okay, two. Um, again, it's memories. It has to do with when it was a hit in 76. It has to do with the summer. I, t- I, I tell the same stale story. Next thing you know, I'm going to be talking about how I wrote yesterday. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> I he just remember going to <laughs> <laughs> my mother taking us kids to Rockaway Beach in the summer, the radio on. You heard Gotta Get You Into My Life in 76. I thought it was a, a Beatles song, a wing song, excuse me. I didn't know it was a Beatles song yet. But Silly Love Songs was everywhere. And it was it, it just evokes those feelings for me. A lot of people are down on the song Silly Love Songs these days. They don't, I don't think they get it really. I don't think they really get the idea how brilliantly Paul attacks the critics, sticks it to them. And he's, and I see, he says, you know, well, what's wrong with that? I'd like to know. Here I go again. And the song, and then he doesn't say, I love you like uh, the mountains of Olympus. He sings, just says, I love you. I love you. <laughs> just, that's how I always took it. Like, okay, there's a love song for you. How basic can you get? And uh, the horns and, uh, you know, and, and even Linda singing along again yeah. at the end. But mostly it's just, it, it's a personal thing for me. It is those times. It, 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 every time I hear that, I'm right back there. I'm so glad I had a chance to grow up with it as a new song. Because mm-hmm. it, it makes me feel so good. So mm-hmm. that's number two. And I caught myself. I'm not saying number one yet. <laughs> All right. Good job, good All right. So, um, okay. So Tom. Here we go. This is the number one. What we think our favorite, number one favorite, mind you, folks, favorite, favorite. Not necessarily best, maybe. Tom, what do you have for number one? Well, not only is this my favorite, but I do think that this is the best single, the best number one from the four. Okay, and I wish, I wish, I'm happy with my age. I'm happy with the year I was born. But for this particular song, I wish I was just a little bit older to experience you know, the the airplay and, and the tour and the excitement of, of Paul coming to America in 1976, a number one single going, touring with the number one tour. I mean, sell out after sell out after sell out. Um, Silly Love Songs is my number one. Yeah. Uh, from, from, yes. From this <laughs> you did it this for song, me. You, you guys, you guys, you know, touched on a bunch of the stuff. Okay. <clears throat> Baseline. 
people say that he, he lost his bass skills after the Beatles. I mean, he was still a, a very innovative, innovative bass player after the Beatles, okay? Um, the brass, Kit, you touched on that. I mean, the do, 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 I mean it, it's just magical, just, yep. just magical. Um, the Denny, Linda, Paul, simultaneously, the, the, the vocals that they do towards the end is, is just beautiful, pure magic. Um, I, I love that it ends with, and what's wrong with that? I mean, I, I guess that's just a, a great way to end and, mm. and confront your critics. You know, what is wrong with yeah, that? What the hell's wrong Tell with me. That? Tell me yeah. what's wrong with and that. And he says, I it's like to me. know, then I need to know. Right, I, yeah. And I like, if I could also, it, it, I always say, is that a printing press at the beginning, that noise, the churning them out, that machine noise? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's what I always thought that that was like the idea that he's churning off and it's like right enough. out of the like kind of like that or, or or like a cash register, right? <laughs> or, or, like. a rail boat or or a rail being you know, at a rail at a train station or something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I just it's feel it has, has to have something to do with the idea of just pumping them out one after the other kind mm -hmm. of thing but uh, think, churning them but, out yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but let's yeah. find out I mean, sometime yeah <laughs> this is a perfect single for paul um it's you know it's everything that paul is it's pure mccartney it's it's melody it, it's it's vocals it's 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 just uh you know production it, it's it's awesome great song another song that you gotta stop what you're doing it just takes me to as axel rose sang it takes me away to that special place you know yeah. <laughs> That's and I was good. there. I was there yeah. too. Yes. That, that's what that song does does for me. It's you know it's that that stop what you're doing moment and uh, what? you know, appreciate appreciate what uh, what the man did. Well, I like when you say that that's kind of special place thing because it's it's like that's how I feel. And you know, you didn't catch it. You know, so it was you know popular, brand new. Right. But yet you still have a feeling that it takes you to a, a place or something. Yeah. I don't know. Mm -hmm. All right. So, Kit, you're up. Number number one favorite. Okay. Well, my number one, actually, Tom said uh, a lot of how I feel about it already, which is uh, My Sweet Lord, uh, George wow. Harrison. I mean, gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, somebody mentioned in the comments earlier uh, something very astute, and it's and it's true. They said it actually reminded him more of uh, Edwin Hawkins' singer's "Oh Happy Day," and uh, absolutely, George based it on that. He, George he said, said that. He, yes, uh, yeah, said. he wanted. Yeah, he said that he wanted to write something based on it, um, and it is. Um, I mean, what can you say? It it is just the lyrics are are. You know, it's simple but beautiful. Um, and as you said, Ken, uh, the full spectrum production on it is perfect because you want it to have a big sound. I mean, this is, this is a, you know, this is his statement to, you know, higher power. And I love how he includes all different religions in it. So it can be to whatever power you want, you know, right. want it to be. Mm. Um, and the, and as you, you, guys talked about i mean how he layers his vocals and i mean this was a labor of love for him you can hear it you know in every note and the way it builds up as you as you said you know starting out with the acoustic guitar the slide guitar and then when the drums kick in oh i mean you feel it you feel yeah. it right here yeah, that's, that's the I moment mean, <laughs> i mean every time you hear it so it's it is one of those songs it does not have any fatigue factor for me at all um nope. it's it's just 
an absolute masterpiece. So yeah, this was a no brainer for me when I was, I had trouble with other parts of the list, but I was like, number one, <laughs> no problem. My great, sweet Lord. <laughs> well, great choice. Great choice. All right, Ken, let's hear it. Number one. All right. I just wanted to add to what Kid said. When you listen to the very beginning of My Sweet Laura, there's an ambiance there, mm-hmm. you know, and it just sucks you in. It's it's like yeah. I said before, it's an experience. It's not just, you know, a great song. It's you catching bet. lightning in a bottle. I mean, it, yeah. it really is that song. It yeah. is yeah. a perfect record, a great record. Mm-hmm. It is. Okay. Yeah. Well, my number one choice was Photograph. Now, I knew number one was going to be photograph and number two was going to be my sweet lord the rest is all up for grabs really because <laughs> yeah. i never i never compared all these songs <clears throat> next to each other but um photograph is the perfect ringo song and you've heard me praise how ringo really changed his career around from time takes time on and there's so much great material that ringo has done since then but even with that it's hard in his entire career to top photograph photograph is a great song ringo wrote it with george the whole arrangement is fantastic when it first starts in with the piano part it's it's so perfect the way everything just works in that song and flows so well together the flutes in there i don't remember who it was that said this maybe it was you joe the way that ringo's vocals are mixed is just right yeah, it's not yeah. buried it's not all the way pushed to the front it's just in the right spot right you know and there's great orchestration behind it it's not just a great song but it's a great record from start to finish and it's really tough yep. to even top what he did on there and i know you said this before kit um richard perry the ideal producer for ringo especially at that time he made it work and in a way, I have said that photograph does sound kind of Phil Spectorish. <laughs> yeah. It has a very full yeah. layered yeah. sound to it, which works in this song. Yeah. Um, it's just as perfect a record as you can possibly get. And uh, between that and My Sweet Lord, you know, and I love all the others here, the other 14. But um, I always look at photograph as, you know, the best solo Beatles single. Oh, wow. Certainly the best of the number ones. Yeah. I really, I've always wish it don't come easy. had made it to number one. Cause I mean, I like as much as I love photograph and yeah. don't come easy is my favorite Ringo song of, of all yeah. Beatles or solo. Right. And, uh, you know, it has the same kind of qualities. Well, a photograph. I like the way his voice is just right in that as well. Mm. Uh, don't come easy. As, as well. Yeah. How did that not go to number one? I don't understand it. <laughs> I agree. Well, that's um, see, that's, that's another show here. <laughs> yeah, that could be another topic. What's yeah, up? you could see that for Imagine as well. Yes. You know? Yeah, that's a shame that, that that didn't make it to number one somehow. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, and, what, what's the and okay? Right. Live and let die, not yeah. going to number one. And mm-hmm. yeah. instant karma, instant karma didn't go to number one, and that deserved it. Yeah. Mind yeah. games, I think mm-hmm. so. That didn't even go top ten. Was it number Jeez. nine? No. 18. 18? Really? Yeah. Really that wow. high? Uh, I mean, that low, I meant. I mean, high. <laughs> low, high. <laughs> the high. album Whoa. the album went top 10, but the single only went to yeah, okay. 18. Crazy. Well, Joe, I think, uh, before you go, I think we're all, all four of us are going to have different number ones. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. Because mine is none other than Uncle Albert. And again, I, I Tom, I almost matched you. And Ken, I almost matched you. Mm. Because those, those were the ones that really were, I was struggling with. Uncle Albert, you know, again, if we're going to talk about what's the best song on here, like the most technically proficient, the best, most greatest statement, it wouldn't be Uncle Albert. Well, although it's, it's, a, it's a triumph in, uh, I don't know, it's the different directions and sounds and feelings it gives you you know um that's what i like about it i like the changes i like it takes you on different zany places mm-hmm. uh different different styles i love the hands across the water that's my you know favorite thing about it i love linda again linda you get a lot of praise for me <laughs> okay i i love linda in there um and the uh, astros jer says jet did not go to number one either get right get it should have gone to number one should have Absolutely. Um, yeah. But Uncle Albert, again, I remember that as a child. It came on, and I love just how it starts. It starts with just singing it right away. Mm-hmm. And I love when I'm on the radio. A lot of times, because I listen to this AM uh, station here, WHLI, they play uh, great stuff, right? I used to listen. And I, and I really hope they never go, you know, go off anytime because they play great stuff. And uh, sometimes you're sitting there and you hear, We're so sorry. And I'm like, Yes, here it is. <laughs> Turn it up, you know. I don't care how many times I hear. It. I, I just, what can I say? It's 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 crazy. It's it's different. It's weird, and I love every second of it all the time. The thunder and lightning, everything. I like the, the the tone. It starts out kind of somber and sad, and then it starts getting to be some kind of other crazy thing. Uh, love it. And uh, I, as a child, it was always on the radio, and I, I associate my childhood with that song as well. Perfect for a nine-year-old. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> songs like Brand New Key and by oh, Melody. That was the and, same time. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. That kind of like if I was like 1920, I might have been like, oh, what's going on with the music scene right now? But as a, as a nine year old, uh, Chicka Boom and things like that, they're perfect for a nine year old. <laughs> I still uh, love Chicka Boom. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Me too. Oh, yeah. I mean, any of those things. I, I grew up, well, as a child with yummy, yummy, yummy and chewy, chewy and all that stuff. I mean, it's perfect. All right. Oh, wow. So, okay. So that's it. And uh, wow. good job. Uh, I don't know. I'm looking. Uh, Christian says Junior's Farm should have been number one. Oh, I yes. agree. Yep. I agree. I, mean, I agree, boy. Uh, I, Tom agrees. I'm sure of that. Oh, yeah. Hey, that's that's <laughs> my favorite McCartney single. Yeah, yeah. You know, Sometimes that, I yeah. I say that too. Yeah. Um, I think another day should have been a number one hit. Yeah. I Absolutely. think Deliverance should have been a number one hit. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got another show topic. Yeah. <laughs> should have been number one. All right. Well, uh, let's see. Anything else uh, we can think of before we start wrapping up here a little bit? Uh, I'm looking for we, comments. But, we uh, have the. Yep, we have the. Should we do the big announcement? Yeah, yeah. let's look, Kit. Let me hand it over to Kit right now. For we want to talk a little bit about the something important. Yes, indeed. Well, um, I've been teasing this in the in the comments at uh, various points during the show. So, uh, as many of you know, um, coming up not this weekend but the following weekend, uh, March thirty first uh, through April second, the Fest for Beatles fans. Uh, yes, it's uh, it's almost here, uh, and uh, it's going to be, of course, in Jersey City 
and uh, will be at the uh, Hyatt Regency um, was a high, on, the, on the Hudson, and uh, it's uh, right around the corner. Now, the schedule of events is not available yet. It will be available Friday, March 24th. Uh, so uh, you can check the fest.com. It'll be posted on that day. So we can't give you the exact time and location yet. But of course, when, when it's out, we will have it on our Facebook page. We'll have it on our website. So we will let you know that. But uh, we can tell you what our panel is and who will be on it. So uh, wish I had a drum roll uh, uh, sound effect here. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, there you go. Uh, so we are really excited to tell you that uh, this is going to be for the very first time. It's going to be the Fab Five. It's going to be the four of us and Ken Womack together. And this is particularly special because we will be celebrating. This will be our fifth year on the air. Um, believe it or not, five years since uh, we've been doing Talk More Talk. So to have Ken with us, since he was one of the originals of uh, starting the show with us, will be really, really special. Uh, so it'll be all five. And, uh, and the topic, it was funny. Um, uh, I think I forget who mentioned. Oh, I think it was Tom. You mentioned 1973 earlier in the show. Well, funny you should mention that because <laughs> that's going to be our topic. Uh, we are going to talk about the year 1973 um, and uh, the Dream Solo Beatles year. And of course, 50th anniversary of that. So we're going to talk about uh, why it was a significant year um, and, uh, you know, in the solo years. And also, if we have time, maybe a talk about why, uh, well, if there were other years in um, the Beatles uh, uh, solo era that were maybe just as important as 1973. And if you attend in person, you will receive a special commemorative fifth anniversary gift. So, uh, so if you attend in person, you will receive that. Now, this may be streamed if you are attending virtually. This may be streamed on the website. I don't know. Um, there, there are fuzzy details about this, but don't worry because we will be recording this. So, uh, so you will see this and and hear it if you're listening to the podcast at a later date. So, uh, so we will be recording this. So, we're very excited about it. The Fab Five. For the uh, Fab Five, all five of us, <laughs> and we should also add this will be Joe's debut as a fest panelist. I'm so excited! <laughs> Went out just at the time you said it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so as we are panelist. super excited. We really hope that uh, we'll be seeing you live, uh, online, wherever you will be. <laughs> Yes, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Mm. Well, that's that. Uh, all right. Thank you, Kit. And I guess this is where we can talk about, uh, you know, wh where to find us and what we're up to. So, well, you, you, you've already talked a lot, Kit, but if you're not too tired and your voice is okay. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Tell us where to find, <laughs> where to find us. 
Okay, well, first of all, of course, you can find us uh, right here on our YouTube channel. Um, as the kids say, um, smash that subscribe button, smash that like button, uh, you, and uh, tell your friends. Uh, you can also find us on our website, talkmoretalk.com. You can follow us on Twitter, uh, talkmoretalk1, that's the number one. Um, and of course, you can always email us at talkmoresolotalk at gmail.com. Uh, we're always uh, uh, up for feedback and uh, suggestions for future shows. You might uh, have some ideas and that you might just see on future episodes. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook. And as I said, we will post the schedule as soon as we have it. Um, and you can uh, also um, find us on virtually any podcasting platform you can think of. Um, so I think that's everything there. Um, as far as I go, um, uh, enrollment is still open for my next class, uh, Roots of Rock and Roll, part four, where I'm talking about international influences on uh, rock. And as I've said, we'll be taking a trip through three different countries and you don't even need a passport. So uh, I have the link up on uh, our uh, Talk More Talk uh, Facebook page, as well as my own. So just go over there. Uh, class starts um, April 13th. So, uh, so uh, if you want to register, I definitely recommend you do that soon. Uh, as far as the as Toppermost of the Poppermost goes, the March episode will drop very soon. We have a new website, which I have also posted a link to on uh, Talk More Talk. And at the fest, I will have Toppermost of the Poppermost t-shirts available. Uh, at my table. So if you'd like to uh, buy a t-shirt, uh, just come see me at my author table. They're really cute. Not, not so cute. I mean, guys guys and, and gals can wear them. They're, they're not that cute. <laughs> Guy can't wear them. They're really, they're just adorable, but they're really, they really are fun. Wait till you see them. So, uh, so hope to see you at the fest. I'll be at my author table. I'll be doing panels, uh, of course, in addition to our own. So, um, Looking forward to seeing you there. All right. Thanks, Kit. Well, I'm going to go next because I never have as much to say as Tom and Ken's, so I'll just get mine over with out of the way. Uh, you know, my channel on YouTube, you know it, Mean Mr. Mayo. I also have a movie channel called Mayo's Marquee where I discuss movie stuff. Uh, I'll be doing a live chat over there on the movies with Tom Hanyati and uh, some others. And that'll be, uh, well, I don't know what time this is going to be up, but that'll be Tuesday. I usually do them Tuesday nights around 7.30 p.m. Eastern over at my Mayo's Marquee. But over at my Mean Mr. Mayo channel, I just did a Fab Gab show that's got a lot of comments. And it's pretty, pretty popular. It's called The Marginalizing of John Lennon, as I put it. Just uh, my thoughts along with Matthew Street. We just discuss why we feel, uh, you know, these days... Uh, John's kind of getting the shorter end of the stick, so to speak. That's just our opinions and uh, why we feel that sometimes the pendulum swings one way or the other. You know, how, why we thought that Paul, after John's death, you know, was getting unfairly the short end of the stick. And now it seems to have uh, bounced around. Uh, also, I'm going to be doing a show, uh, Ken Michaels. On the Ken Michaels uh, <laughs> radio <laughs> show, he's going to do his ultimate Beatles trivia, and I'm going to be a guest on there coming up. Not you know, pretty soon in a little air. I'm not going to say I know, not going to give too much away, but I do have to say, you know, it's getting tiring. You know, doing these uh, 
quiz shows. <laughs> if I do say, if I do say so myself, this is going to be my third one for the trivia, and I'm looking forward to meeting the challengers. So, mm. wow, you know that's uh, Ken Michaels Radio will be up to probably sometime. I'm guessing Ken later by this time the week is out or something. It'll be, it it'll be probably anytime. will be up Wednesday night, if not Thursday. The newest. All right. One. All right, so that's right. me done, and I'll take it to Tom now. Tom, go All to right. it. All right, well, wow. Uh, as Ken said earlier in the show, we, we interviewed Joan Borelli, who was at that uh, the Music of Paul McCartney event that was at Carnegie Hall last week, and uh, she had a great time. So go over to Two Legs, a Paul McCartney podcast on their YouTube channel. And please subscribe and, uh, you know, you can check out all our videos if you like it. If you don't, you, you know, that's fine, too. But uh, just check it out and uh, let us know what you think. Um, we just did, we just finished our, our March Maca Madness uh, bracket. And there it is. And uh, this past Sunday, we, we did the, the last three rounds. And uh, that was episode 199. Now, that means the next episode, which is coming up this Sunday, is going to be episode 200, which is still kind of, you know, blowing my mind that, uh, that we, are, we did 200 of these things. Uh, but, um, uh, we'll be live Sunday, 12 p.m. Eastern, uh, Eastern time, and we're going to have some friends there, um, some surprises maybe. We'll see some, maybe you'll see, uh, you know, these three people out there for, for a couple minutes and, uh, but we're looking forward to it. We're just going to, you know, be talking about, uh, you know, past episodes and, uh, and, and the good times that we've had doing this. And obviously, my, you know, with my cousin, uh, David, who started, who I started the show with, you know, hopefully uh, he'll have to find time to uh, make it there as well. Um, Book-wise, and we also had Luca Parazzi on uh, earlier, well, late last year, talking about uh, Paul McCartney music as ideas. Um, he'll be back on the show to, uh, to talk about the, the book more in depth. And if you're looking for a brand new book that just came out, uh, I'd say take a look at this. This is called Four Sides of the Circle. And uh, it's all about the first five years of the solo Beatles. Uh, so 70 to 1974, it's by Terry Wilson. And uh, actually we're, we're trying to get him on the show. So uh, hopefully uh, that'll happen as well. So. A lot going on for Two Legs. So again, please head over to our YouTube channel, Two Legs, a Paul McCartney podcast, and check it out. All right. And now, Ken, you're on here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Um, on my YouTube channel, Ken Michaels Radio, as Joe was talking about, I've been in a real trivia mood lately. So I started doing what I call the Ultimate Beatles Trivia Show, and I've done two so far. And uh, Joe has been in both, and he's going to be in the new one that we're recording this week. Darren DeVivo from Things We Said Today will be one of the contestants. And um, another host of a Beatles YouTube channel, Canadian Stud Muffin, will also be joining us for that. They go by pretty quickly. Um, in the Beatles tradition, I like to have nine questions or games. And uh, it wraps up in less than half an hour. And uh, it's a combination of lots of trivia questions and games about the group and the solo careers of the Beatles. And it's fun just to watch, participate, see how well you do. But that'll be coming up sometime uh, this week. I'm also going to be interviewing Luca Parasi as well, as I have a copy of his new book. So plenty of Luca to go around. Um, <laughs> 
on things we said today my other podcast do i have it here yes i do we just did a show with albert glinsky who is the author of this brand new book called switched on bob moog and the synthesizer revolution it's all about the history of the moog and that is how you pronounce it not moog it's moog and um albert knows all about it and the beatles use of the moog especially on the abbey road album what was used in the solo careers of the beatles the problem that george harrison had with electronic sound kind of borrowing a recording that was made by uh another person twiddling around on the moog and putting it out as one side of electronic sound we go into that in detail on the show he was a great guest to have really good book to read our next show which we're recording next monday will be a 60th anniversary for the beatles please please me album which as i said is this wednesday 60 years ago this wednesday beatles very first album in the uk comes out on uh, every little thing my radio show which celebrates its 41st anniversary uh this coming friday you can listen to it um, on demand on wfdu's website wfdu.fm where they archive the show for two weeks um and i just recorded a brand new every little thing show which will be premiering next week on some of my radio stations and you know we we've heard of paul's band of the 70s which was called paul mccartney and wings well i did a thematic set called paul mccartney and strings it says ah. paul with orchestration songs from the beatles and a solo career where he's backed by an orchestra or a violin or cello you name it and also on my website which is kenmichaelsradio.com beatles trivia every single week and um i want to mention a few things first of all let me see here i've got um hmm, i've got this to give away from Bill Leary, one of our actual oh. listeners. He sent me a Blu-ray of Get Back to give away. Oh, wow. I only have one copy of it. It's part of my weekly Beatles trivia. And there'll be a new game or trivia question tonight. Might I do something about the Please Please Me album? Very likely with the 60th anniversary. Oh. And I'm also giving away Chris Engelhart's new book, Fully Uncovered, which we have right here. I just did an interview about a month ago with Colin Hall, who's the author of the songs the Beatles gave away. It's a very lengthy interview on my YouTube channel, Ken Michaels Radio. I got one copy of this book to give away. So a lot of new stuff, as well as the McCartney Legacy. I still have copies of that to give away as well. Go to KenMichaelsRadio.com, click on the Beatles Trivia and Games page, and, um, and you could win. There's a winner every single week. So that's about everything, I think. All <laughs> right. Should be enough. And we're All just right. about under, under two hours. So uh, <laughs> thanks, everybody. This was a, a lot of fun. Hope you had fun. And for Kid O'Toole, Tom Hunyadi, Ken Michaels, this is Joe Mayo saying we'll see you all at the Fest for Beatles fans where a splendid time is guaranteed for all. <laughs> see ya.